UFC Fight Pass presents Extra Rounds. Live from the Fight Pass studios in Southern California. Extra Rounds. Extra Rounds. Along with Pearl Gonzalez. Here's your host, TJ DeSantis. It is Extra Rounds on UFC Fight Pass. TJ DeSantis, Pearl Gonzalez. Just wrapped up watching... Kellen Vieira take home a unanimous decision over Misha Tate. It goes five full rounds. And Pearl Gonzalez, this was uh, an interesting fight when you look at it. It was sort of the old school versus the new school. And uh, I guess the new school wins tonight as it is uh, Kellen Vieira getting the nod over Misha Tate. 49-46 on one scorecard, 48-47 on the other two. Your thoughts on the performance turned in by Kellen Vieira. Oh my goodness, this was such a fun fight, like both ways. It was close. Misha Tate may have taken, you know, may not have gotten the decision tonight, but she put her heart out there. And that was awesome to see. It was it was really great to see her out there and see her evolve and just see her weather storms. And like you saw that veteranship in her, if, if that's even a word, but the her veteranship, you know, her champion mindset, you saw that tonight. And she knew, like, at the, I think at the end of the third round, she came out and, and it was right at the end and she, she clenched and then she threw some devastating knees just to put a little stamp on that round. And those are just such veteran moves in this fight. And so... Uh, but Caitlin was, was, you know, she's very talented and she's powerful and like, she was hesitant tonight and you saw the reason why you could hear her corner cornering her and they were kind of frustrated because they wanted her to go forward and be more vicious and devastating in which she was spot on tonight. She found her target, was able to land throughout the night tonight, but she, she was hesitant. And at the end of the fight, we saw exactly why. And that was, you know, she has so much respect for Misha so much love for her. She was crying. And so, you know, she was hurt that she she did what she did tonight. And, man, was she on point. Those shots were vicious. 100%. Holy moly. Um, I think we learned a lot about Ketlin Vieira. And I think a lot about this division as a whole as well. But one thing that we learned, I think, you know, that that's, you know, is the loudest sort of point tonight is Ketlin Vieira truly belongs in this division in the top mm-hmm. 10. Could arguably be, you know, in contention to take on a top five uh, opponent, beating someone yeah. like Misha Tate. I mean, I love what, what Ketlin said post-fight, talking about how, you know, Misha Tate is a champion. Yes, yeah, she's not the active champion. But, you know, once a champion, always a champion. And while Misha Tate has taken a step backwards in her uh, sort of active competitive career, she's now back for the second straight fight. And I think we saw a pretty solid Misha Tate tonight. One that was very game and one that was hanging with one of the best bantamweights in the world. But uh, tonight it belonged to the Brazilian and Kelton Vieira. Yeah, and she she looked amazing tonight. I mean, she came out, she found her right hand, she found her target immediately, um, powerful. She didn't, she wasn't necessarily coming forward. She was kind of countering tonight off of Misha. Misha was aggressive, uh, really aggressive and forward aggressive in this fight. And so she kind of sat back and allowed for, for Misha to, to open up so that she could set up her shots. And I mean, her the uppercut hook, was money tonight. I mean, there was, in the third round, she threw an uppercut hook that was devastating. And uh, her jab, her jab was so clean tonight. I mean, it was in the face. She constantly had the timing down, was able to to keep Misha at bay for a lot of it. Um, and, you know, like, overall, that was what this was. This was a boxing fight for Vieta and, and just 
her ability or and even her discipline to stay composed, to stay calm and patient. I think that there were so many lessons learned tonight. And she said that in her interview as well. Yeah, no, speaking of lessons, one of the, uh, I think, biggest takeaways was that, uh, you know, she needed to listen to her coaches a little bit more. She needed to be uh, believing in, in sort of herself because her coach, Andre Pinanares, was like, you know, don't go for takedowns. Go out there and, and do what is, uh, you know, working for you. And that sort of brings me to the one question that I think uh, was a point that, that Dean Thomas, our, our old friend, brought up on the, the commentary uh, team tonight, as well as uh, Daniel Cormier, was it, it seemed like Vieira was a little bit bit caught up in the moment of who she was fighting and who she was competing against and maybe honestly a little bit Pearl I'm curious if you thought this way do you think that Vieta was almost surprised with the sort of success she was having because you could tell the way she talked about Misha Tate post fight she she holds this woman up on a pedestal she's very respectful uh, of Misha Tate and despite having success I still think was a little bit intimidated by her she was she was definitely intimidated. I think that she was also at a point where, you know, she knew, you know how dangerous Misha is. We've seen Misha lose like this in a striking fight several times in her career and come back and win. I mean, we talked about it in the pre-fight this week, her being dropped by Kedzie, for example, by a, a big, vicious head kick and then turns around and arm bars her. Misha is all, has always been this fighter. She's dangerous from start to finish, and she finds a way to win. She'll find a way in there. Um, and that's what makes Misha so dangerous is, is you can never count her out, and she always is always looking for a way to get this fight done and to finish it and win. So with that being said, I, I do believe that she was hesitant from, from, you know, kind of the forward pressure of Misha and then I believe towards the end of the fight, it wasn't that she was intimidated or, or even like uh, scared of Misha or, or concerned. It was more she didn't want to hurt her and because she was landing big shots. And if you watch throughout the fight, Misha had some big moments in this fight, but ultimately you could see the offense of Vieta just it's it's wearing it was wearing the face started to swell. And then by the end of the fight, I mean, she really busted up. Misha's face and you could tell at the end even she was apologizing she was so sorry she apologized to Misha's mom like crying and and you could tell like she genuinely respected and cared for Misha as as a fighter I'm sure as a mentor and an in, inspiration and didn't want to like hurt her right in a sense and uh, that just shows the good goodness in her heart and, and where she is as a, as a woman. You know, that, that is one thing I've never really thought about. When you are fighting and you're fighting effectively, like you are hurting the person that's standing in front of you. And if you are fighting someone that you've looked up to that, you know, is an inspiration or is maybe even at, at a point in time a, a hero, you don't really want to hurt them. You want to beat them. You want to win. But it's, it's, if you are too in your own head, Maybe that does start to affect your actual, you know, output and your offensive performance. performance. Yeah, that's yes. crazy. I mean, I think she's going to be over that now moving forward. I mean, she got this win, yeah. and and you know, th this is sort of the um, stamp on Ketlin Vieira's career that I think uh, the world is going to look at her differently moving forward. But I, I kind of want to put this uh, into perspective a little bit more because when you look at Misha Tate, like, yeah, she she lost tonight, but I don't think she looked like she was a fighter that was 
you know, past her prime or, or you know, was uh, necessarily a, a product of having that really long layoff. I think we saw a, a fine, you know, competent Misha Tate who was just as good as she was at any other point in her career, which goes back to what she said uh, with an interview with me earlier this week, that she feels that she's, you know, progressed right along uh, with the division, that her evolution has been in line. Do you feel that we saw as good of a Misha Tate uh, as we have in the past? And, and what is this version of Tate being beaten by Vieira say about Kellen Vieira? Yeah, absolutely. We have seen a new and improved. I mean, physically look at her. She came in and looked like a completely different fighter in there. You can tell how much different she's approaching her camps and her training today. Uh, she's very, very disciplined. She, you know, and the way her body looks, that's, that's nutrition, that's timing, that's re recovery and making sure she's, you know, giving her body that proper rest. And so you can tell she's has a much much more professional approach to her career today. But as skill-wise, yes, her, her striking looked really good tonight. It has evolved. Um, she had much cleaner and straight strikes. She was able to pressure and put and, and keep Viera on, on her back heels. Um, she landed some big right hands of her own in there as well. And, and even threw some good head kicks, which, you know, is not very Misha Tate-like. And so, yes, I believe she's evolved. You know, Viera is so talented, though. And we talked about this in the beginning of the week. I mean, she is a very well-rounded fighter. She's strong. She's accurate. She's, she's you know, in a really good gym, a, a really good Muay Thai gym. So she her striking is on point. And then she's got her judo background and her jujitsu and, and all of that grappling that she's had since a kid. And so, like, it was hard for me to even get her hands on her, let alone when she did, it was hard for her to take her down. And Viera looked like the much bigger fighter in this fight tonight and stronger. And so uh, you could see that and, and how well Misha was able to kind of, there were some, you know, reach, weight, size. There were some variances for Misha, some adversity that she had to deal with. And she dealt with all of those on top of, improving her skills as well tonight yeah you know when i look at misha tate and and where her skills are at and where she you know ranks with the division it's kind of interesting when you look at the actual division itself you know despite misha being away for five years it, it really hadn't changed much i mean amanda nunez is the champion who did amanda beat to become the champion Misha Tate. So this division really hasn't progressed an insane amount, uh, despite Misha being involved. And had Misha won tonight, which you know some people I've seen online are trying to make that argument for that she won the decision. I, I don't think she won the decision. But but the fact that people are even saying that. I think says more about Ketlin Vieira than it does anything else, that she was competitive, she was dominant at times. And uh, let's take a look at the division and see how uh, Ketlin sort of stacks up now because, again, uh, look look at the, the names at the top. Amanda Nunes is the champion. Holly Holm is, is the woman that uh, Misha Tate beat to become the champion. Irene Aldana is sort of on the come up right now. Juliana Pena has a date with Amanda Nunes. Uh, you know, unfortunately for everyone uh, sort of involved with this, this this bantamweight division we are talking about amanda nunes who is the the greatest woman to ever put on the gloves and you know trying to say that uh you know th there are contenders that have a legitimate shot against amanda is a hard sell it, it truly is but ketlin vieira did a, a lot tonight uh, in proving that she belongs and uh you know sort of size her up a little bit pearl where do you think she goes in this division i mean i don't think we're going to be saying she deserves necessarily the winner of pena and nunes but uh vieira is very much someone to keep an eye out on she is if you look at the can i see the division again please there you go um so if you look at the division she was caitlin was knocked out by edenet 
right? Yes. And that was a that was a great fight. It was close. Um, so she she definitely deserves to be up there. She just lost a, a, a big decision to Yana. It was a very close fight. So there's that positioning there. So I mean, you have to you have to keep her in between. I would think Irene and Yana to you know to to kind of work her way up because she does have those two you know two underneath those girls. But I mean, she is so young in her career. She's so talented, so well-rounded. Tonight, I, I really believe that she's learned a lot more other than just skills. Right. She, she really did learn experience and experience and, and being in the fight and making good decisions when you're in the fight, uh, knowing when to press on the gas when you have to, knowing when you need to pull back or be more evasive. There's, there's so much to the fight on top of just the skills that you can only be learned through experience. And I believe that tonight she, it was her first main event spot. It was her first five rounder in the UFC uh, against a, a, a big name, a huge superstar and, and a, a champion at that. And she has learned so much that she can take away from tonight to really to, to catapult her to that next level and in the top five division, which is definitely where I think she belongs. She's Pearl Gonzalez. I'm TJ DeSantis. This is Extra Rounds from UFC Fight Pass live tonight on Twitch and Facebook. You can also give us a call. 917-UFC-TALK is the number. You can send us a text message as well, 917-832-8255. But if you're on Twitch, you can uh, drop a question in the chat and we will get it on and uh, talk about well, whatever it is that you want to uh, talk about. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit more about what we saw tonight in our co-main event it was similar to our main event scrap as we have a top you know bubble top five contender in michael chiesa taking on the undefeated number 14 ranked sean brady and tonight it was all about sean brady um an interesting fight to say the least i mean he came out pearl and really handled a, a proven grappler and a, and a very difficult grappler in michael chiesa um you know i, I was a little dubious of the uh, line, you know, uh, it looked like uh, Sean Brady was a, was a clear favorite on paper, mm -hmm. uh, you know, with that ranking and, and him not necessarily fighting the, the upper echelon of talent uh, like a proven commodity in Michael Chiesa. I didn't think he was going to have the easiest time uh, with Chiesa, but for all intents and purposes, despite, uh, you know, dropping that third round, Sean Brady really came out and made a statement tonight against a very tough Chiesa. Oh my goodness, yes, he looked great tonight. I mean, he he controlled the positioning in this fight. You know, he had great striking in this fight as well. Um, his experience in there, the, his it, just his level of comfort tonight against uh, a, a, a well-seasoned fighter like Michael Chiesa. Michael Chiesa, like, has dedicated his life to it. If he's not training, he's he's analyzing, he's studying the, the sport itself. So he's, you know, he's a very dedicated fighter and, and very, what's the word? Like, give me a word, give me a word. Like, I mean, very engulfed, engulfed yeah, in that, the that, fight game. Th that's a phenomenal word, Pearl. That, that, ah, okay, um, yeah. by the way, okay, I just, I'm sorry, guys. I'm in, I'm in my, ne my nephew's room. One of my, you can tell, I'm in his gaming chair that I had a hard time with the internet. So sorry. <laughs> it's all right. It's good. It's good. <laughs> it's really awesome in here, though. I'll tell you that. I mean, but anyways, I, I like video games. I'm just saying. Oh my God. There's like a whole setup in here. Right, like see? it's not a game right now. There's a whole big setup here. I mean, we're live on Twitch. You know, you're, you're scoring <laughs> points with, uh, with our Twitch community right now. You know? All right. All right. I, I don't, don't um, do that. You don't know what those controllers <laughs> will end up making happen. You know, 
just get kicked <laughs> offline. Uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Michael Chiesa, though, tonight, because yeah. as you mentioned, Chiesa is a guy who is is firmly enveloped in the sport, whether he's fighting or yeah. whether he's commentating. Um, you know, his game is always, you know, being involved with, with MMA. And I, I noticed that tonight he, he had this interesting demeanor and composure about him. And, and it was mm-hmm. one that I, I didn't know if it was necessarily beneficial or if it was to maybe his detriment, but the, the way that he was, he was talking at times with Brady, um, you know, there were the eye pokes and he mm, immediately yeah. acknowledged it. it. It seemed like in a lot of ways that Michael Chiesa was, was comfortable, but I almost am wondering if he was too comfortable, Pearl. Yeah, you know, I think DC would touched on that too in the fight and, and how they were talking. And DC's like, I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. Like, you should be fighting right now. And he was. He was very passive is the word. And, right. and maybe that's just his level of comfort of being in the fight. But at the same time, he did need urgency. Right. And he had, he had moments. I mean, in the third round, he came back and he really did hurt. Is it Brady? Brady? Yeah, Brady. Yep, Brady. <laughs> Brady. He hurt him in the third round with an onslaught, but then kept going to the knee. I didn't understand it because he threw the knee and then the clinch started. And then right. he was able to, to get out of the clinch, land some more big shots, and then throws the knee again, which is what ultimately brought them together and, and, and started the grappling, which is where he was he was being out-grappled tonight. He was being out-positioned is a better word, not out-grappled, but he was being out-positioned tonight. And as a, as a veteran, you've got to be aware and like, look, my grappling's good. I'm known for this, but tonight is not my night. I need to move on and find a different place in this fight where I can excel. And, and I believe that at the end he did find that, but, he, you know, he ran out of time. And against someone like Brady, who was so composed in there, so very – he was disciplined. He took, the, he took the risks when he needed to. He played it safe when he had to. He knew the game. He was out positioning them and just a step ahead of Kiesa tonight. And for someone that is, how, is he 9 and 0 now? 14 and 0, 15 and 0? 15 and 0 now, yeah. No, uh, so for 15th fi- win. 15 fights compared to, I don't even know how many Kiesa has. For Kiesa being number six, he's 14. Right. I mean, he looked. Like he belong, he belonged there, one hundred percent tonight. Yeah, and, and the thing about Kiesa too is, is you mentioned him sort of being controlled and, and outpaced almost. Like Brady was one step ahead every yeah. step of the way. Like I don't think he was ever really too close to finishing Kiesa, but the fact that he was able to get on the back of Michael Kiesa and control him for periods uh, of time really says something uh, about Sean Brady. And you know, looking at Kiesa, I, I mean, uh, again, uh, like. Most people are going to look at that, look back at this in hindsight and be like, oh, well, Kiesa just should have listened to his corner earlier and, and you know, was more urgent in, in, in the second round than rather than the third because he won the third round. But it, it doesn't necessarily work that way. I mean, you know, it, it takes two to tango, right? And mm-hmm. Sean Brady, while he maybe took a step backwards in that third round and Kiesa started to get his offense going, it's probably because Brady was a little more tired than he was earlier in the fight. So the, the, the door was a bit more open for Kiesa. It would have been interesting though, Pearl, had this been a five-round fight because the, yeah. the momentum was clearly shifting towards Michael Kiesa and if you're a fan of Kiesa and for Michael's you know, benefit, like I don't think there's too much to be upset about in this fight. You just got outpaced. He got out-hustled over the course of 15 minutes and you'll live to fight another day. While Brady's going to skyrocket up uh, the, these rankings, I don't think Kiesa's going to make too much of a, a downslide uh, because while it wasn't necessarily the, the best fight for him, it wasn't an embarrassing loss by any means. No, it wasn't. And I, I, what I believe happened was he just, 
initially had a hard time adjusting to what skills were needed in the fight and in the moment. And at first, you know, he was he was kind of with the the whole hand thing where he was utilizing that. Yeah. And DC also touched on this, and I, I I agree. He was utilizing this hand for a lot of his range finder instead of a jab. You know, a boxer traditionally, you use your jab for your range and your target finder and to keep them away. It's just your, your number one line of defense. And tonight, the way that he utilized his number one line of defense was by holding the hand. Well, it, it resulted in two eye pokes. So now he has to change his game plan up. And by that time, Brady's like, fuck this. I'm the shorter fighter. I'm coming in. I have to bring, I have to get this, go and get this fight. And before Kiesa knew, now he's on the back pedal. Now he's one step behind. And I believe when he finally, you know, I think kind of was like, look, I need urgency in this third round. He came out and, I mean, he put hands. He put experience. He put what all of his tools and knowledge together. But just it was a bit too late. He, sh he should have done that, you know, sooner. And this is the fight game. This is These are lessons learned no matter whether you win or lose. And tonight he, he learned a very valuable lesson. What do you think about that tattoo game of Sean Brady, though? Oh, my I mean, God. Yeah, it's I, so I, badass. I mean, I guess he uh, told his mom that he, he won't get any uh, face tattoos, but everything else is just, I mean, like he's even talking about, like, getting things lasered off so he can just get more things. Like, that's crazy. I, I yeah, know. I mean, yeah, no, it was it's amazing. I'm right with him with lasering tattoos. I'm removing mine. But, no, his tattoo game is amazing. Is that a Japanese dragon i don't know what i don't know what it is i mean it's, it's a piece of art that no, it, it's what art i'll that? tell you that i mean you know he's a mixed Beautiful. martial artist but sean brady also mm -hmm. uh living art i think <laughs> is that his nickname i don't know it should be should be <laughs> you know one thing that I, I thought was curious tonight and uh daniel cormier was really trying to get it out of him uh was, was to call someone out a big win like that yeah. you know you know call your shot um you know there's this mantra in mixed martial arts especially in the ufc that athletes are you know company men and women that fight whoever the matchmakers tell them to but it, it seems like more often than not when a fighter calls their shot if that person that they call out isn't already lined up for another engagement it, it seems like that fight is made relatively quickly maybe it's not the next fight but it, it's a couple fights down the road what are your thoughts on athletes you know calling out a, a fighter should they always have a name ready when someone like cormier gets uh, in their face with the microphone and goes all right call your shot i think that there there are fighters that you know they have a specific goal and they have a plan and and for those fighters that know exactly what they want when they want it yes you, in this sport it's 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 now it's right now so if there are things like that if there are big fights you want or fights after you've just had a great performance 100 percent. if you know who you want in that target you should absolutely express that but if you're just in in the fight game and you're ready for what whoever you don't have your eyes set on something or a particular way you want to you know plan or route you want to take then like caitlin vieta she said i do have someone in mind but i'm not gonna i don't need to say who it is and uh i mean correct or, me if i'm wrong no no excuse me it was thought it was thylia yeah yeah Santos talia santos you know uh correct me if i'm wrong i think athletes always know who they want to fight next because i mean you're always thinking about it whether or not you say it that's a that's a different decision altogether but i have yet to meet an athlete who doesn't have sort of a three fight plan in their mind on their way you know up the rankings yeah, there is. But like at the same time, you know, there, this sport is a big, it's a respect thing. And so if you don't have that particular plan, if you're just kind of ready for whatever and 
just want to fight, then you don't need to say anything. And if you don't really have someone in your mind, then no need to talk about it. But if it's someone you can't go to bed without thinking about, then you 100% should say what you want because it does. It, it It's drama, and we all love drama. Everyone right. loves drama. That's right. And I know all of our uh, listeners and viewers can't go to uh, bed on fight night without thinking about the names TJ DeSantis and Pearl Gonzalez. And that's <laughs> us. We're here. It's extra rounds on UFC Fight Pass. Appreciate you joining us. You mentioned some other names that I want to get to, uh, and we, we should because they've uh, got some uh, performance of the night bonuses uh, headed their way. Let's uh, start with this one. Uh, Talia Santos able to get the submission oh of Joanne Calderwood. Well, sorry, Joanne Wood. No longer Calderwood. Um, Rear Naked Choke ends this one for the Brazilian. Uh, Santos gets her hand raised. I was really impressed with her ability oh to get this submission, but to do it by setting it up with, with strikes in the feet. I mean, she battered and, and floored Calderwood and was able to really take over. And when she got on the floor in, in a dominant position, Pearl, uh, she made a count. Oh, my gosh. And we talked about this fight in, earlier in this week where JoJo is a tactician when it comes to striking. You saw it tonight. You saw her her straight kicks, her lead leg kick. I mean, it just it was out like a jab. She flicked it like a jab. It was beautiful. And and just her teeps, her inside teep work and leg kicks. Like, she is a, a technician when it comes to striking. And Santos dismantled, ran right through that and, and set up her, her choke. Um, which I believe she didn't have to. I, I, that was kind of where she decided to go, but she could have just let JoJo stand up and easily finish the fight on the feet. I mean, she was impressive tonight with her striking, her accuracy, her right hand, her power, her ability to counter JoJo. I mean, she was on point tonight. Yeah, 100%. Looked amazing. I mean, you really couldn't have had a, a better showcase of skills because she dropped her and hurt her on the feet. So you see that that striking game uh, on display, and then the submission skills are ultimately what what wraps up the victory for Santos. And uh, really super impressive stuff. Because again, we talked about it on the preview show, uh, Wood was uh, you know one fight away is essentially from fighting Valentina Shevchenko. They were supposed to mm -hmm. fight. Uh, the fight didn't happen, and then she came up short to Lauren Murphy. That catapulted Murphy uh, in. Into title contention, so uh, Talia Santos definitely someone to keep your eye on. And uh, you know, for her effort tonight, she was able to uh, wrap up uh, uh, not only a victory but also performance of the night uh, as wow, well. Wow, that's awesome! So, Good speak for her. She looked amazing tonight. So congratulations to her! Phenomenal performance, man. She is, and we will be seeing her very soon fighting for that gold. 100%. Uh, excited to see her progression. Um, the night kicked off with a phenomenal fight uh, for the first uh, fight on the main card. Uh, Adrian Yanez able to get a split decision over Davy Grant. Uh, both of these men were able to uh, secure a, an extra 50 grand, which was almost a nice. foregone conclusion because, like, I mean, they're just bonus machines and uh, for good reason. Let's take a look at some of the action that we saw uh, between these two guys as they uh, kicked it off. Um, I, I actually texted you because I thought that Adrian Yanez in the uh, first round was getting the better uh, of Davy Grant, but Grant had these big explosive mm. movements and, you know, he, he would go for flying, uh, you know, knees and, and, and jumping kicks. And, you know, sometimes Pearl, I, I think that the judges tend to reward that a little bit more than they actually should because it's not the cleanest uh, of striking technique, but it, it does look good. And as we've seen in mixed martial arts, it's not necessarily clean and effective uh, that always, you know, gets the, the reward on the scorecards. Sometimes judges just fall in love with um, activity and, and, and big movement. 
Yes, and I mean flashy, and he was flashy tonight. I mean, he packs power, and we talked about this again. Like, uh, Grant is a powerhouse, and he comes, and he'll stand right there. He doesn't really move backwards. He doesn't really set up movement. He's right in your face at all times, ready to, to exchange. And uh, that's difficult for some people to deal with. And Yana's, I mean, his inside work and just straight down the pipe looked, he's a, an, another tactician, right? A technician that's right down the right down the pipe, very spot on, like a sniper. And he did such a great job with weathering that storm. Did you see his ear at the end of that fight? Oh, it was gross. It was gross. Ah, yeah. That's so gross. I mean, if, if, they, if Grant would have hit him again, a good hit there would have made that explode. Right, and uh, I mean, Daniel Cormier, <laughs> the uh, the wrestler in him was just like licking his chops, wanting to drain that thing like uh, live on television. I, I that's don't, hilarious. I don't, yeah, no, I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that. I'm also not a big fan of the idea that we saw uh, Davy Grant get a scorecard, thirty twenty seven, which was actually uh, brings uh, brings us to one of our uh, Twitch questions from Balloon Dioro. I can't believe that thirty twenty seven call in favor uh, of Grant. And, and yeah, no, I mean. That's that's the truth. There's there's no other way to put it. He he didn't deserve. Uh, I didn't think he deserved a scorecard. Period. Yeah. I think it was a good fight. Uh, I thought Adrian Yanez was cleaner and more effective throughout the entire bout. Um, I scored at twenty nine twenty eight. But that said, um, looking at at Grant, um, he, when you are a powerhouse like he is, and you continue to move forward and you bite down on your mouthpiece, sometimes you're going to steal decisions and. I don't know who we should necessarily blame for that because I feel like it's it's the judge's fault. Obviously, they're the ones that are seeing it wrong, but we don't hold these judges accountable for whatever reason, Pearl. Like, there's no audit, it seems. I don't want to get too hard on the Nevada Athletic Commission. I think they're the greatest commission in the world and, and do a good job, but 30-27 to me in a fight like that, it's just inexplicable. Uh, I agree with that. That was really far off and. You know, sometimes I, I believe, we talked about this as well, like there, the energy inside the octagon, the energy inside of the atmosphere of where you're fighting is very different. You cannot feel that energy through the TV. And so what I believe happens is judges will tend to feel the energy. And yes, David Grant was, he had this, you know, he was aggressive and this big aggressive energy that he was, you know, trying to release and put on Giannis. And Giannis was patient and sat back and landed these big clean shots on him. So I believe if he would have scored that, that may have been what it was, is the uh, aggression or the forward movement of, of Grant or him just not backing down. And Giannis, we know he, he, he finds his angles. He finds his range. He's not, he's not going to just stand in front of you and trade punches. He's a very clean striker, a very intelligent fighter. And so uh, I think that judges may, may tend to get one-sided and watch this fighter because their energy, their output seems to be more and, and score things off of that, which is not – at all the the way that it should be judged it should be judged through the scoring because what's the point of the scorecards right right yeah um you know th that's the the one thing too that i think is really important when we hear critics of the unified rules and and, and the 10 point must system uh some people say let's go to the old pride rules where you score the fight as a whole I mean, I, I understand the sentiment there, and I like the idea of maybe an athlete being down big and having a, a really solid final round that's the most dominant round of the fight, and potentially they win the fight because of that. But when you take the scoring out of it, when you don't make the judges explain their work, 
we don't have conversations right. like these. And I think that's important to have conversations like these because yeah. I, I honestly, like 99% of the uh, conversation I saw online tonight uh, on Twitter were, were people just no, thank un, you. Un, not being able to believe that the judges or one judge scored this about 30, 27 for David Grant. It, there's no excuse for it. I just don't like it. And uh, unfortunately it sort of uh, takes away from a, a really big narrative here. And, and that was Adrian Yanez who uh, fought very smart, uh, was a tactician yeah. tonight um, and, and was fighting with a heavy heart, you know, dedicated this fight to his late coach and, and Saul Solis. And the emotion that came out of this young man when that final bell sounded, I, I'm happy he didn't get robbed here, Pearl, because it, it would have been really hard to watch a man that deserved to win this fight, dedicated it to his coach and, and let all that emotion go uh, to, to not get his hand raised. But uh, all, all is well that ends well. And Adrian Yanez is able to get that win and uh, does so with a heavy heart in uh, honor of his late coach. Yeah, I mean, he looked impressive tonight. It was it was a big fight. Davy Grant is a vet in here, and and Yanez is an up and comer, and and he's so skilled. He's such a nice man. Um, you know, obviously a nice person and, and very close to his coach. And you know, your your coach, your team is your family. You spend more time with them than you spend with anybody else. They go through every emotion that you go through during a fight camp, um, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows, and and they're right next to you. You know, and so. To, to wear that in this fight, it, I can only imagine how tough that was. And, and to remain disciplined and remain focused and composed and fight the smart fight and, and fight and utilize your skills and remove the emotion is so impressive. And, and he looked amazing tonight. He really did. What is it about Yanez that allows him to sort of weather that pressure and come back and, and be victorious? Because you remember the Randy Costa fight, the first round, it, it was mm -hmm. all Costa. Like, most people don't, you know, bite down to the mouthpiece and even have a clear head about themselves to come back and rally the way that, that he did. Again tonight, Yanez wasn't hurt nearly as badly as he was in that Costa fight, but someone as aggressive as Davy Grant, if you aren't, you know, really composed and confident in your ability, you can just become too defensive because you're forced to be that way against an offensive, you know, minded fighter in Davy Grant. What is it about Yanez that allows him to be, you know, calculating it in these fights? It's belief. It boils down to his belief in himself, his confidence within him, you know, the, the ability to just remove your emotion, emotional intelligence, and to remove your emotion and just become this, like, video game player, right? That's no emotion, being controlled by your, your corner, listening to your corner, making the adjustments that are needed. And that's the biggest piece to this is if you can remove your emotions and, and go out there and do what's needed and be in the moment, in the moment, that that is the key to to you know having these amazing performances and he clearly is gifted with that are you saying gamers make the best fighters because if you Maybe. are like twitch is loving you Pearl. <laughs> just, i mean it, it, it yeah basically all right uh producer steve wants to know what kind of fish are in the tank behind you oh my gosh um what kind of fish are in there uh there's like a there's like what's the striped one the zebra looking one that one, and then they know that there's a goldfish. There's a couple of, of them in there. Okay, I don't know anything about <laughs> fish. I know, like, piranhas <laughs> and sharknados and jaws, and that's it. I don't know. I don't yeah, like fish. Yeah, like, three in there. Fish freak me out. Do they? Kind of, yeah. Why? Because they're, like, alien-looking, really, at the oh end of the day. Oh, my gosh. Like, they they're breathe water. Cool. Think about that. They breathe water. 
They're amazing, and they never stop swimming and moving. They're so cool. I think that's sharks. I don't think all fish well, never I stop mean, swimming. I mean, they, they can't really stop swimming because they, they're in the water. I mean. Yeah, they never, like, they might stay still for a little while. They sleep, but, like, I don't know. They're really cool. Do they sleep? They're cool. Yeah, they do. Fish sleep with their eyes open. I just know that uh, if you get in with the wrong crowd, people will threaten you to go sleep with the fishes. <laughs> I've never heard that. You've never heard of sleep with the fishes? No. You live in New York. That's what the mobsters used to say back in the day. Sleep really? with the fishes. Yeah. Oh, because they throw you in the water after they kill you. See? I got it. Yeah. I got it. Teamwork makes the dream work, and that's why we're the yes, best team. Yes, it does. And, yeah. Um, any other takeaways from tonight? I mean, we're we're talking about a, a fight card that was you know pretty competitive throughout. Oh my gosh, uh, yeah. it was I awesome. Mean, any any? I mean, I, I do think that the narrative was a lot about the future. You know, moving forward, because we see Kelton Vieira get a big win over a veteran. Um, you know, Sean Brady, same sort of thing, uh, getting the uh, the win over uh, a top six fighter in, in Michael Chiesa. Uh, you know, at minus four or at, at, at rank number fourteen. I mean, that that's a huge jump. I mean, the fact that yeah. he's gonna, you know, not only make the top ten, but probably almost make the the top five really says something. That's what I love about mixed martial arts. You know, the the momentum can be uh, really fast moving. It can sometimes take a long, like think about how long it's taken Michael Chiesa to get uh, up to that top uh, rank in, in the UFC of, you know, number five, number six area. And uh, Sean Brady gets this opportunity and man, like what a statement. Yeah, it, it was, um, it was a big, big night for him, a big performance. He's so respectful too. If you hear, if you heard his post fight interview, um, you know, he's a respectful person. Didn't even really want to call anyone out. Was just very happy to, to be where he was. Had a lot of respect for Kiesa as well. Um, but he, man, his, his grappling was on point tonight. You know, they, it, you, Ronnie as well. Ronnie or Yaya? Yeah, yeah, Ronnie okay. Yaya, yep. Ronnie Yaya, he, another one that had a really nice uh, back game tonight. They both were just able to uh, position and control these these positions. Ronnie had some great tra transitions, but um, Brady did a great job in the scrambles of just taking advantage. And once he got the, the both gentlemen, once they got the position, they used their body locks. They utilized their jujitsu so well. They didn't rush. They stood patient, even when the fight tends to you know lull a little bit. And um, they stood patient and composed. And ultimately, you know, both came out with the big wins. Uh, I'm TJ DeSantis. She's Pearl Gonzalez. It's extra rounds uh, on UFC Fight Pass, and uh, I'm looking at. Uh, uh, a question. It's not even a question. Like th this, this gimmick's got to go away. Frankie uh, passed it along to me. It's, it's from uh, Balloon or Ballon Darrow again. Uh, Dana White looks like the evil twin of TJ DeSantis. No. Like, <laughs> I mean, no, I don't think so. Well, I, but like this kind of mean, like not all bald white guys look exactly alike. I mean, but come on. Come on. Nothing. What? Like Dana White and I don't look anything alike. I mean, I agree. I don't think you guys look anything alike, but it's you know I'm, I'm like at, twenty at, years younger quick, than Dana White. At a quick glance, I guess I don't know. I mean, that's I don't know. I don't know. I just I'm, I'm it's, thinking, it's, it's, it's it's always the same thing. It's it's uh, Dana White or, or Matt Sarah, like one of the two. It's like no, neither of those guys wear glasses. Yeah. Thank goodness I wear glasses, right? Yeah, there you go. Make sure you wear your glasses. You're being very nice, Pearl. Thank you. You're like you're like trying to go along with it, but I can tell you firmly disagree and just think I look exactly like. 
No, I don't. I okay, don't good. think you look like that. Right. I don't. I, I definitely don't agree with that. My bank account looks nothing like either of those gentlemen's bank <laughs> accounts. It's just, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. He followed up and said, it's not mean. Uh, I said, you, uh, you, the, I'm the good twin because he's the evil twin. So I guess I got that going for me. And then they sent a, a heart emoji. So uh, there you that's go. awesome. And that right there, ladies fans. and gentlemen, that right there is, is Pearl Gonzalez's fake laugh. Are you able to do that on command? Because <laughs> yeah. that's a real one right there. Uh, uh, yeah. You sound like Woody the Woodpecker. Uh, do you know that's who hilarious. Woody the Woodpecker is? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, of course you, I know who Woody the Woodpecker is. My, my favorite cartoon character is Chili Willy. <laughs> do you know Chili Willy? No, I don't know Chili He's Willy. part of the Woody Woodpecker series. My name is, is Chili Willy. I'm frozen through and through. My head is warm. My feet are cold. Ha, he, achoo. Mm-mm, that sounds kind of familiar, but no. All right. I, I don't have cable growing up, so we had to watch the uh, the terrible, easy, free cartoons. Stuff. I just yeah. never watched TV. I wasn't really into cartoons. I didn't watch TV, so... You know, I think we're off this next week. I don't know. I, I want to yeah, work. Yeah, yeah. I want to work because I, I don't have any friends or life. But it's Thanksgiving. Uh, what are you thankful for besides me and extra rounds? Oh my goodness! I'm thankful for myself, and I'm thankful for God making me and my mom making me. And that, that's the most vain <laughs> thing I've ever heard in the world. <laughs> I'm, th- I'm thankful that I'm awesome and I'm here <laughs> and the world is a better place because of me. Oh, no, you know, honestly, I am. I'm really thankful to be home with my family. I don't get time, much time home and I've been here for a week now and I'm going to stay another week, I think. And uh, it's been amazing. So I'm super grateful for that. No matter where I go, you always miss home. So. And then I think I'm going to see you here in like, what, two, three weeks in Vegas? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yes pretty exciting we got a, a great card coming up uh to sort of round out uh 2021 and uh yeah i guess i'm gonna let you go pearl i mean all right happy thanksgiving i'm thankful for happy you as well so we have that in happy common. gobble gobble happy no, we, n- yes happy, happy gobble. Go- actually so i'm doing a um i'm doing a turkey trot with my my mama in wisconsin in madison wisconsin so i'll be running slash walking a 5k on thanksgiving Okay, they call it a turkey trot? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I was going to have to go to the Urban Dictionary and look that up. I didn't know what you were talking about. Uh, Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Fake laugh again. That's strike two against Uh, me. Uh, Come uh, on. uh, um, Don't freeze. It's cold up there in the Midwest. Oh, my goodness. It's so fucking cold here. But, yeah, no, I'm going to be here for a few more days, and then, yeah, I definitely need some sun. All right. Well, uh, hopefully we'll get it out there in uh, Las Vegas. Pearl, appreciate you. Uh, it's not even late. It's early. Like, I don't even know what to do with myself. Mm, go to bed. It's early. Why would I go to 9 bed? Or 9 p.m. my time. Yeah, it means it's 7 here. Yeah. All right. Well, go. go. Get out of your nephew's way so he can get back to gaming. All right. All right. Bye, Pearl. Bye. All right. Just Pearl Gonzalez. I'm TJ DeSantis. It's extra rounds here on UFC Fight Pass. We are not done. Still things to do. It's true. Going to be joined by Brantley Gilbert. If you are a fan of country music, uh, you're going to want to stick around as we talk to uh, a guy who's got a whole bunch of platinum and gold records on the wall at home, and he's got some MMA connections as well. Brantley Gilbert will be uh, on the other side of this break. And uh, stick around. It's extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. This is what I live to do. This is what I train to do. What I love to do. Wow, what a performance by Misha Tate. When that fire went out. Oh, 
We're back here on Extra Rounds. Pleased to be joined now by a man who has just as much precious metal, if you look up and down his discography, as your favorite prize fighter. It is Brantley Gilbert. Brantley, a lot a lot of gold records, uh, your singles, platinum, uh, go, going crazy. You're doing pretty well for yourself. Hey, man, I tell you, I'm, I'm blessed with an amazing group of dudes around me, man. We're a team, we're family out here, and, and uh, God couldn't have done better uh, than he did. But bless me with these fellas. Uh, I'm in good company. Well, I, I want to talk to you about the uh, the new single, Gone But Not Forgotten, which is sort of an ode to our uh, men and uh, women in, in arms and, and service uh, people all over the world. Uh, t tell me what inspired you to, uh, you know, take some time out of, uh, you know, the traditional songwriting and, uh, you know, do this one for them. Man, every now and then, you know, as a songwriter, you write songs that for whatever reason just don't make the current project and this is one of those songs that to be honest with you i don't i don't know that it was making the record um it you know when the things happened that happened in afghanistan and to avoid uh getting frustrated or getting in the political weeds i just say that like a lot of americans man i was frustrated and pissed and uh just kind of wanted to try to find something to do productive and and you know, we had this song and my manager reached out and was like, man, what do you think about releasing this? Um, you know, we did it in a way at first too, we released it on a social platform that, you know, we don't monetize. Uh, right. But, you know, it was a song that I I just felt like maybe some folks needed to hear. And man, if, if you release one of those and it helps one person, you know, or one person relates to it, it's worth it. You don't get to do it very often, man. Songs like that are usually deep record cuts, you know, that you have to buy the record and really dig deep on it to find them. So to be able to release one of those is always, you know, special. But that being said, with everything that was going on, we wanted to do something for those 13 soldiers and their families. And, and uh, you know, every now and then you, you have a song that, that's in your back pocket and uh, it's just tailor-made for you know, the situation and that, uh, that ended up being the case for this one. You know, it's, it's interesting. You're, you're treading lightly, you know, don't want to enter the political realm, which I'm not here to do either. But at the same time, like, I think any American can, you know, get behind the idea that we should support our, our men and women in arms. You know what I mean? And anytime you can pay tribute, that's not a political statement. That's just being a decent human being. I think Brantley. For sure. For sure. Yeah, man, I, I try my best to, you know, one of my favorite songwriters all the time, he was an old school guy, and I, I don't ever say his name when, when I'm talking about this because it was off the record, and um, he's an older gentleman these days, but he was doing an event, and or an interview, and the guy asked him after the interview, he said, just off the record, he said, what do you think about these, these young up-and-coming artists using their platforms to be political? And he said, you know, man, uh, I can't speak to that in a negative way. He said, because that was something that I did with my career. And with, you know, he said, but with that being said, I do think there's something special about when somebody has something to say and they're a songwriter that they write a song about it. Or if they're just a singer, you know, they sing a song about it. And I, I do think that's special. You know, that's, I, I feel like I'm, I'm a professional at that. You know, you did a lot with professional fighters. I'm a, 
professional songwriter and that's what I'm supposed to do. I'm not a politician or anything like that. So, it's, you know, not that I'm ashamed of my political opinions or anything like that. Just I don't want to be another one of these guys, man, that, that uses their platform for real reasons and speaks about stuff that maybe I'm not as educated as I should be to be in certain conversations. So, um, yeah, man, if, if I can ever write a song about something, Plus, it's, it's my rule, man. These days, you know, I'm a dad of two and, and a husband, and I've adopted this new 24-hour rule. Okay. If something happens, I give myself 24 hours to respond to it. <laughs> there you go. That's smart, right? Cooler heads prevail generally, so you give your time to digest it, think on it a bit. Yeah. It's 24 hours. Man. Right. Yeah. Uh, that, that's smart. You know, I, I might have to steal that, Brantley. I, I, I think I would, would learn something from that. Give it a shot, brother. <laughs> uh, I'll work on it. Um, you know, another song that uh, I, I heard just today, by the way, I asked my phone, I was like, Siri, play the worst country song of all time. For whatever reason, it started playing Taylor Swift. I don't I don't know why, <laughs> but I did get your song uh, on my phone. And, and man, like if you're not in on the joke, you're ridiculous. <laughs> but what was going through your mind writing this thing? Man, we were on a writing retreat in Texas, and it was me and, and an up-and-coming guy named Hardy, man, that is just tearing the scene up, and, and uh, Hunter Phelps and Will Weatherly, and we just wrote this up. Hard, Hardy pulled it out of his phone. I was like, guys, this is so dumb, but I'm just throwing it out there. <laughs> and we started joking around about it and just throwing lines back and forth across the room and being goofy, and the next thing you know, you know, we're on the phone with a saxophone player trying to get a saxophone solo <laughs> in the middle of the night in Texas. It was never supposed to leave Texas. And obviously, Texas isn't Vegas because we brought that something to John with us, you know. Right, yeah. I mean, gotcha. If, if people uh, haven't heard it, and maybe they're not even uh, country fans, listen to that one. You're going to like that <laughs> one because it's, it's a good time. You know what I mean? Um you know, look, looking back in the in the discography, I was reminded that uh, in the music video for uh, Small Town Throwdown, uh, Chuck Liddell's in the mix. Like, how did that come about? Man, I, I've been a Chuck Liddell fan, you know, since the first time I saw him fight. You know, the Iceman was huge to me, dude. I like the way he just pretty much throws his hands point to the ground, pulls the Max Holloway shit, and just start throwing haymakers. I love that. I love that he was a hard-hitting, just – rough and tough dude you know and and uh i always liked his fighting style and i figured it'd be pretty cool if i got to meet him to, you know uh a music video wasn't a bad way to do it but he came out man he was so cool him and his wife both came and, and hung out and uh it, it was it was pretty funny he was on set and justin moore another uh, artist buddy of mine who's also in the video um you know chuck got there and i was like so man did you uh you know, did you read the treatment or whatever, you know, the script for video? And he was like, no. So it was really uncomfortable at that point. And I said, and at that point, Justin's going to take a, a swing at you. And he started, we start looking around for Justin and we don't see him. And Justin's posted up probably about 10 feet in the corner, looking <laughs> the other way, like off in the distance. Right. And he just turns around, he's got his cowboy hat on, he turns around and goes, Chuck, I got kids, man. <laughs> awesome. It was awesome. I love it. I love it. The MMA uh, connection doesn't end there. Uh, sounds like you had a unique experience with former UFC heavyweight champion Tim Sylvia as well. 
Oh yeah, several. That's my dude, man. Yeah, let's let's talk about Tim. Yeah, I, I, man, I love Tim to death, and he and his wife met at one of my shows years back, and he ended up proposing to her on stage uh, at another show years down the road, uh, just not awful long ago. And uh, man, he he's just a special dude. He's one of those guys. He's bigger than life, man. But you know, I, I would say he's a big teddy bear, but. You know, then there's that switch that if right. it flips, like you know, he, his nickname is the Grizzly Bear. It's appropriate because you know he's yeah. soft and, and and fuzzy and nice and you know cute, and then he'll just rip your heart out in front of you. Exactly, just rip your face off. Right, exactly. But he, man, we're in a, we're we're like minded dudes. He's into you know a lot of the hunting stuff and stuff that I enjoy. And man, we we all love enjoy having him out here on the road. Man, he's he's an awesome dude. You know. A lot of us are, are UFC fans out here, MMA fans, and, and I've been blessed with making some uh, some really cool friendships in y'all's world. You know, Jimmy Rivera is a good friend of mine. Uh, Talked to Michael Chandler on, on a regular basis. Cowboy Cerrone and I, uh, I, I text him every now and then see if I can get one back. He's a cool ass dude. Uh, man, I just there's there's a lot of guys that that, that I've met that just. Man, fighters are cool ass dudes for the most part. I haven't met any yet that I don't like. Well, I mean, you you and your crew got a good aura around you. I, I don't know if too many uh, athletes are going to meet you and not just have a good time. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's actually it's it's kind of funny because when you you look at country, you know, over the years, you know, I think the country and Western music from like when I was a kid, you don't think about these big sort of. I, I mean, I, I hate to say this word because it's not necessarily rock, but it, like they're rock tours. You got you guys are rock stars at this point. Like, what do you think the shift has been over the last 10, 15 years in, in country music to where it just seems like every bit of a good time is, say, the biggest you know rock tours of the world were back in the eighties and nineties. Oh, for sure, man. I, I'll tell you this: for for us, we've always been outside the box. You know, what I mean, we kind of came in the game outside of the box, and you know, we we built a following before we really came to Nashville. Nashville's where it's at. That's where right. you know, that's where you get your rocket pack put on. You know what I mean? Um, but we already had some really good things going you know we built something that was that i felt like was you know valuable and not just in you know ticket sales and stuff we built something that was sustainable and we knew we built something that worked and we have this army of people of the bg nation that are just freaking incredibly just loyal and devoted man and, and they're crazy they're awesome um but you know when we kind of came to town uh, and we met with Scott Borchetta, who's still a record label president to this day. He knew we were high octane, you know, and kind of on the outskirts of country. Um, and I feel like that's always kind of played to our hand. You know, we never, you know, if we do something that's outside the box that leans a little more rock or even has a little rap beat to it or something, and you know, it doesn't really blow anybody away. People don't get too mad about it. It's right. like, well, it's not new. He's not trying to do something different. They, they've always done stuff a little different. Yeah, you mentioned sort of like uh, blurring the lines, I guess. Like there's there's nothing wrong with, uh, like you said, kind of thinking outside the box. For sure, man. And I, I'll tell you, the, the way people consume music now is the opposed to, you know, when I kind of came in the game, it's, it's drastically different. You know, it's kind of song to song basis as opposed to, man, you remember back in the day, a band you liked or an artist you liked would release a record 
and you need to go to Walmart or Target or Best Buy or your local record store and you stand in line sometimes right. and wait to get that thing. You'd take it home and wear it out and you'd listen to the whole record and find the, you know, the, the B-side songs that are like, you know, just the, the kind of the gold you find when you, right. when you dig into a record. The deep cut. That, that's kind of, yeah, it's, it's that, that's just doesn't exist much anymore. People right. don't listen to it anymore. And to me, it's kind of sad because that, it's you know, I'm, I'm always, yeah, it's crazy. But that being said, it is what it is. And one of the, the positives about it is, you know, with that, a lot of the rules are going out the window. Right. You know, you don't have to write every song for radio. You don't, you know, if you want to write a song that's extremely sonically different from the next, well, that's fine because people don't consume it. You know, people don't listen all the way through anymore anyway. Very seldom does that happen. So, you know, I enjoy that as a songwriter. And, and you know, it's just kind of a free pass to get outside the box and not play by any rules. And, you know, it's a... Uh, you know, I don't, I don't mind that part of it, but, but I will always miss, you know, and appreciate, I have a deep appreciation for the folks like me that, that will buy an entire project and listen all the way through it. Right. Yeah. Like uh, records will take you on, you know, your own sort of uh, adventures in, in a way. And, and nowadays with, with singles, like my, my son is 10 years old. Like he listens to the first hook, the next song. And it's like, man, there, there's two and a half minutes left in this song. Exactly. Well, it's, it's that, and then, you know, you, you release a song with 22 songs on it, and you burn 20 of them. Right. You know, 20 of them, a lot of people don't hear. And for for guys like me, like, I figured, I, I was talking to somebody the other day. It's like, you know, man, a lot of the songs that people know us best for, in between me and you, that, well, not between me and you, because it's obviously on a podcast. But, right. um, I mean, and not many people a lot listen, Bradley, you know. Yeah, <laughs> bullshit. No, so you know the the truth of the matter is a lot of the songs that we've singled and gone to radio with have been my least favorite songs on the record. Right. You know yeah. a lot of the stuff, a lot of my favorite stuff for the deeper tracks and you know well, stuff. You got to play those, those radio hits every night when you're on stage. You got to play them yeah. over and over and over again. And, and not that they're necessarily bad, but I mean. Man, no, no one wants to hear that, That or no one wants to do the same thing. Like, you can't eat the same. <laughs> I can't eat pizza every day. I love pizza, Brantley, right. but I can't eat pizza yeah. every day. Um, <laughs> I'm right there with you. Let's talk a little bit about uh, a tour. I think you're, are you on tour right now? I, I think you might be coming to Vegas. We are, man. We're heading, we're on the worst country tour of all time. Okay. All right. Perfect. Let's take it's that, fitting. America. Yeah. I, you know. Um, so we've got, it's really crazy right now, man, cause it's, you never know. We kind of just pull up where we're supposed to be. I never know if it's a tour makeup date or if it's a new one. Right. Um, just cause you know, we're still making up for, for 18 months of, you know, garbage, but, right. uh, you know, it's a, I think we're all just happy to be out on the road, man, doing, you know, I think people, you know, or all of us may have kind of had a, a brief, snaps of memory about how much like just coming together and seriously you know, hanging out with each other does for like your soul man and just just for not being a shitty person yeah <laughs> you no, know what I mean? it's like we, we, we're social creatures we want to connect and there's nothing better than you know a room full of people you know all connected 
by a, a good time and in a band and a concert and uh i mean the ufc obviously has, has been fortunate to stay in business throughout this entire time but brantley i'm telling you man like i recently just was in a, an arena for the first time in a long time with you know full packed uh, t-mobile in, in las vegas and it's like there is something like i don't care how good the fighters are or how good the fights are but there is something about having that experience with 15,000 other people. You know what I mean? Oh, and I missed oh, that throughout sure. this whole entire thing. Oh, yeah. You and me both, man. And concerts are the same way. But I can tell you, we went to uh, my wife and I, and my manager and his wife, and Jimmy Rivera and his wife went to the the, the uh, Cowboy Cotter fight. And, man, just the energy there. I mean, throughout the prelims, even before the main card started, you know, it was – there's just something different about people being in the room. And it's like that watching it on TV, too. Like, this last fight, freaking, dude, my boy, and, and Michael Chandler just gets you freaking through that. Oh, man. And, I mean, dude, it's, you know, without the crowd in that, what what would we still be as fired up about that fight? Probably I, mean, I would be because that was freaking fireworks, man. But, you know, the athletes themselves deserve to have the feeling of that response. You know what I mean? Like, those two guys I don't agree. need any extra fuel. To, to fight, I mean, you call yourself high octane. Those guys are 100% like pure nitro uh, at this point. But, Absolutely. you know, to hear those people in Madison Square Garden, like I, I firmly believe that that fight was made better because of the people there. Absolutely. The whole card, man. I, yeah. I mean, it's just and not that, dude, I, I, I literally like throughout COVID, I don't think I missed a, an event, you know, um, but That's it awesome. is. Different. Yeah, I, I, the one thing I did like about it is you could actually hear contact. Isn't that like, crazy? It makes you think differently oh about the sport. Oh, it does. But it is what you're like when when the crowd's into it. When somebody lands like a serious yeah. shot, man, and you just hear that and and the angst too between fans. You know, because right. I mean, dude, it's just. Uh, I mean, you know, you anybody that's been to a fight knows or really. I feel like after I went to one, then I watched it on TV. It's it still meant something different because it's like sure there's very very little that parallels to the energy inside of a you know inside of a fight. That's you know, just some crazy shit. I uh, I worked in FM radio before going into to mixed martial arts, and I remember going to some of these bigger uh, festivals. And you know the the festivals they weren't always the best uh, music. Uh, experience from just you know taking in the, the the bands and the artists because you know you're like in a crappy amphitheater or it's raining and and, and uh, a guy i worked with said it, it's 10 percent show in 90 percent experience and as a sports goer or a concert goer i've sort of lived with that in the back of my mind because don't think so much about the quality of of the product you're going to see think about the quality of the experience that you're sharing with others and that's one thing that COVID, I think, has definitely put back into perspective for me and, and others. And it's just it's it's good to get back to normal. And uh, my producer, uh, Steve, is going to tell me uh, I've let him down if I don't let you know that he's going to be seeing you, I think, December 4th at the Cosmo in uh, Las Vegas. He's angling for some sort of meet and greet or, or something like that. We can, you know, leave him be to his own devices. But I, I got to say, because he makes my life a lot easier, Brantley, so. Oh, we'd love to hook him up, man. Tell him to come out and see us. 
We'll, we'll have to do that. Brantley, we'll get you uh, on your way. Uh, thanks for hanging out. It's uh, always good uh, you know, catching up with you. And uh, if the worst country tour of uh, all time comes to uh, a venue near you, the, the listeners and viewers, uh, you know, go out there and uh, come out because I think it's going to be a good time with Brantley. There you go. Brantley Gilbert, kind enough to give us a few moments here on Extra Rounds from UFC Fight Pass. I'm TJ DeSantis. Steve, I hook you up. Go meet Brantley Gilbert. What do you want from me? He said yes. See? See what I do for you, Steve? Pearl Gonzalez is, is thankful for, for herself. I guess maybe I'm sort of saying that everyone should be thankful of me. At least Steve should. Uh, I'm thankful for UFC Fight Pass. You can step into our world over at UFCFightPass.com. It's the biggest no-brainer in all of combat sports. The uh, combat sports action continues this weekend. Uh, if you already missed CFFC 103, that was uh, yesterday morning. Um, also, uh, you have Eternal 63. Both those ones are already uh, in the can. Actually, you know what? FCR 10 is in the can as well. But tomorrow... Fury FC 54 is live at 2.30 Pacific uh, on the West Coast. That would be 5.30 uh, in the East. You can uh, sign up and, and just watch everything. Not only those events, but pretty much every event that has ever mattered and taken place that is of consequence in mixed martial arts. UFC Fight Pass. .com. Step into our world. Also over at Fight Pass, you can check out all 102 episodes of extra rounds I think you can if you can't you definitely can on facebook.com forward slash UFC fight pass uh, appreciate everyone tuning in over on Twitch if you missed uh, getting into question to myself and Pearl uh, you can do so anytime just call us 917 UFC talk is the number that is 917-832-8255 uh, you can leave a voicemail we'll play it back on the air or you can send us a text message and uh, I'm not opposed to just randomly texting you back at 2 o'clock in the morning so uh, just text whenever 917-UFC-TALK. That is 917-832-8255. All right. I think we're done until uh, after Thanksgiving, but uh, check out the archive or subscribe to the podcast if you're hitting the road. Going along a car ride, you can take extra rounds with you. Just subscribe to uh, the podcast wherever you get podcasts. Just do a search for UFC Fight Pass and Extra Rounds. For Pearl Gonzalez, I'm TJ DeSantis. Thanks for going a few extra rounds right here on UFC Fight Pass. This concludes our live broadcast of Extra Rounds. Are we still on the air? Watch the archive anytime on UFC Fight Pass or Facebook.com slash UFC Fight Pass. You can also listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere you listen to podcasts.